It sounds like uh, the Thor's like hammer. Oh yeah. <laughs> Ning myon. <laughs> Ning myon. Oh okay. my gosh! What if there was a hammer made out of noodles, <laughs> chewy noodles? Then it wouldn't be very effective. <laughs> but it would be delicious. <laughs> everybody to the bull and the badger i am april i'm the bull hi i'm vanessa i'm the badger and this is a podcast where asian american culture and mental health intersect yay, yay. i miss mouth sounds i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i miss us going mouth sounds and hilarity ensue and then us not knowing what to do except making <laughs> weird mouth sounds we needed to put a stop to that immediately. Yeah. Well, that and the, the crows are working their <laughs> magic coming first. for you. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly, let's finish this podcast. <laughs> so we can run away. <laughs> the birds. <laughs> so uh, what are we talking about today, Vanessa? Well, today's um, topic is fight. And then like, you hear the ding, ding, ding. And that's pretty much it. That's, that's where we stopped. I know that one thing about you is that you're like, obsessed with the idea of fighting yes <laughs> and not just like i forgot if you do that how could i forget when like every two weeks you're telling me that you want to you want to flip a table but you've never gotten to the point of actually one day it's gonna to. happen but and you know the other part about it right no. where like i just have so much regret after it happened <laughs> like i'd flip a table and i feel like yeah i did it i flipped a table that table deserved it but then it would be like oh man i flipped that table it's not Should you're pretty... not fighting with the table the table you is don't like... know that <laughs> that could be a really the table's ornery an innocent, table innocent really bystander be like churlish churlish and belligerent <laughs> it'd be like a key and peel moment yeah just be like i don't know i was trying to think of some other words i just didn't bellicose so, so what are your uh what are your moves like the, that you fantasize about when you're thinking about fighting oh just like drop kicking somebody <laughs> i think it's like my soccer background just like just i i guess it would, that sounds so sad though now that i think about drop kicking something because it's like it would have to be large enough, <laughs> small enough for me to pick up and then actually kick. So, okay, okay, let's try again. Okay. I think the people's elbow is an appropriate... It's like, the people's elbow. What? Have you not watched professional wrestling? Like, no. can you smell la, 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 what the rock is cooking? <laughs> like, you are out of touch. I with, am out of touch. With, early 2000 professional wrestling <laughs> like so. i know when the rock says can you smell what the rock is cooking but i don't know it's called the people's elbow it's you 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 put out your elbow like uh -huh. kind of pointy like yeah you slap it a couple times and then you <laughs> literally fall with the elbow towards that person but i guess if you're like doing professional wrestling you do it in such a way that's very safe for everybody you slap it a couple times yeah you gotta like say hey look my elbow's really strong <laughs> Don't mock the people's elbow. This is this is an effective professional <laughs> or clotheslining. Clotheslining also seems that? like something oh that God, would be I'm really. Sweating. 
Okay, what is that? Because you're thinking about how scary the people's elbow would be, right? Yes. Yeah. What was what's that's the cold line? sweats? A clothesline is when you hold your arm out yeah. and someone just runs into yeah. it. Yeah. But you that person would be have would have to be running so fast that like they can't stop themselves. Yeah. Well, if the opponent was faster than me, then I'd be like two steps ahead. I'd be like yeah. they're running towards me. I won't be able to do the pe- people's elbow in time. Yeah. And then I would just have to stick out my arm. You know, I actually, you know, it just occurred to me, one of my friends had gotten into a fight and did the clothesline. No way. Yeah, that doesn't nev- That never works in real yeah, life. Yeah, he said he got in a fight like Andrew, Andrew, uh, Andrew Chang out there. I'm singing <laughs> your praises. Um, he got into a fight like, I forget where, like in a parking lot or something like that. And he was like fighting with this guy. And he kind of had this thought like, I wonder if this would work. Because the other guy was charging him and he like stuck out his arm really fast and he totally flipped over. Oh my god. And like landed on his back or something like that. Or, oh, kudos to he Andrew was like, Kane. He was like, oh crap, it worked. How can you even be thinking during a fight though? Most of the time you're thinking like the th- thoughts that are going through your head are blood pounds. <laughs> like blood thud, pounds. Thud, 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 your heartbeat and everything. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were like pounds of blood. I was like, oh jeez. I guess. <laughs> As like a goal. <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't know where this um, where this uh, fighting instinct comes from, though. I feel like I bet you have just rage. Yeah, some kind of weird aggression. Yeah, that just gets. You just have repressed rage, and you just want to like let it out. Repressed model minority rage. <laughs> yes. Ah, Asians rising up. Angry all the time, but silently so. <laughs> Have you ever actually been in a real, a real like physical fight? Oh, maybe like a couple times. Like, okay, so not counting siblings. Um, <laughs> okay. I think there was one time in third grade, but it wasn't a real fight because he like ran away. I was like, <laughs> what did he do? I think I punched him in the stomach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> legit. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Oh, no. You know what? I legitimately punched someone in the stomach for calling me a chink. Oh, in really? third grade. That definitely happened. And then in fourth or fifth, I, um, fourth or fifth grade, like I was swinging at a guy. Uh-huh. Oh my, oh my gosh. Look at all these fights with boys. What if I secretly liked him? <laughs> the one who oh called gosh. you a chink? No, no, definitely not that guy. <laughs> I remember his name actually too. Well, we'll just hope no. that he's matured in the last 25 years or whatever one day he'll be forgiven <laughs> when we meet again on the playgrounds <laughs> where i spent most of my days um i was gonna say what about you have you ever gotten to like a physical altercation i don't think i ever have that's and i think boring. that's probably a really good thing because i have no sense of that like i could never defend myself really you wouldn't like flip out and like start swinging your arms like like a windmill i would look so stupid you would you would look pretty i have mastered the power of like the silent and it's very still stoic anger does it like focus itself into those laser beams on your eyes and then yes. you just throw it at people exactly oh geez exactly. that's really scary that's I, I may have been a recipient <laughs> i'm sure it's like have where you're just like zoom <laughs> <laughs> like oh shoot <laughs> Can, can I just can I just nerd out for like a hot sure. second? Okay, so there is a X Men, <laughs> a mutant superhero, Psylocke? on the X Men. No, Psylocke. Okay. And she's like the one, like one of the very first Asian American mutant superheroes. And her like one of her superpowers is this psychic blade that comes out of her um, uh, 
out of her hand i don't even know why i was thinking about this today but she like usually she uses it and it like there's like some kind of surge of emotion or something and it short circuits their brain so they're Uh knocked out isn't that the silliest superpower what is it okay but it looks really cool because she's a ninja okay so she doesn't (laughs) it just short circuits their brain i don't know i think so i think that's how it works i was trying to think about that psylocke if it's like psych psychology psylocke Short circuits their brain. It locks their psyche. I don't think. Okay, yeah. Bam. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, you figured that one out. <laughs> <laughs> Although, yeah, Asian was, mind voodoo. <laughs> oh man, even even the Asians have to have like a mind voodoo because they are not aggressive enough or something. Thanks, X Men, Marvel superheroes. Just kidding. The other like. And the one that I don't like claiming is Jubilee. She's supposed to be Asian American. Is she? Yeah, that's what they say um, on the wiki, Wikipedias. Really? And she was like a dud as a superhero. Well, I shoot she fireworks! Just does, uh, yeah. It's like... Worst. She creates really magical moments for other people. <laughs> that's not really like a superpower, is it? Mm, no. no. I'm sure this is well-tread ground. Yeah, <laughs> on some other nerd <laughs> podcast that's not ours. Well, okay. Uh, do you do you want to talk about like actual like uh, word fighting? Word <laughs> fighting, of physical fight. I don't know what like. Oh, arg- I remember one time when arguing? I was in probably in middle or elementary school. You know, you learn a lot of words when you're young, and you don't know what they're huh? what they're what they really mean. And oh so I was gosh. mad at my sister. I don't even remember which one, but I screamed. You're a pervert. <laughs> and my mom happened to be very close by and she was like cooking and she looked at me and she was like, do you know what that means? And I was like, no. <laughs> she was like, then don't use it. Like, okay. Only use bad words that you know. <laughs> what if she had said yes? Or you had said yes. Anyways. Well, let's bring in our guest. I agree. Okay. I agree. Or else I'm going to nerd out some more. Do you want to? No, 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 All no, right. no. <laughs> well, our very special guest uh, for this podcast is our good friend, Jennifer Yip. Hi. Ooh, hello. It's hello. very hard to say that because I know you as Jen Lee, your, your uh, maiden name, but I guess I'll just call you by your married last You can name. still call me Jen Lee. <laughs> I'll okay. still respond. Thanks, because I I didn't even know it was yet. So that's pretty bad. <laughs> I would have figured it out. Like I would have been like on Facebook and been like, oh yeah, her name's different. Who's this girl that's friends with me? Jen Lee, yeah. <laughs> she must be sisters with the other Jen Lee. <laughs> so April, tell so, us, how do you know Jen Lee Yip? Well, Jennifer and I have been friends for a very long time. We have. I don't know exactly exactly when <coughs> we first you know, talked or whatever. Like, I should know that about you. But um, for sure, we've been through the trenches because we went to SAT class together. Oh, gosh. (laughs) And Jen, well, I I myself started SAT class when I was like in eighth grade. So you must have started earlier than that. I've been going to places like that since I was like... In the womb? In the womb. (laughs) No, probably since like elementary school, really. Like after school. Did it start with Kumon? Yeah, probably. And Korean school? And Did you go to Korean? Korean school, elite. Yeah, that was. The oh my SAT gosh, class. you guys were elite kids. I remember mm-hmm. now. Because the elite elite was like Korean kids, right? Mm-hmm. And ACI was Chinese kids. 
Oh man, did they like rumble in the streets? Like death of the sharks? <laughs> yeah. We, Back we, to fighting guys. We threw SAT cards at each other. <laughs> or maybe just words. <laughs> like you guys played hangman in the streets. We just did the psyop mind lock on each other. <laughs> it's psylocke. Psylocke. Ever. <laughs> remember oh, psychic lock. Okay, just okay. remember that. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> So yeah, we were we we were in those classes forever together, and um, um, <laughs> what what else? I don't know. Well, I was just thinking of how awesome it would be if at this moment, not at this moment, like not that it would come out, but on the screen, but like we would post those pictures of all the glamour shots we took oh, together. Oh dear. <laughs> How amazing would that be? It'd be like all I us. I think I need to go, guys. <laughs> Where you, wait, no, and then you hear the door creak open. Oh, gosh. Well, this is kind of an area of expertise in those days. Can you give us a little, like, what are like the three commandments of glamour oh shots? Gosh. Please. You have to match with your friends that you're taking pictures wait, with. Wait, is it like exactly matching or is it kind of like, 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 like sort coordinating. of respond- Yeah, well, coordinating. I really enjoyed actual matching at that time, <laughs> but I think as as I grew up a little bit, it became a little more about coordinating and mm. colors. Was Sadie Hawkins like your favorite dance then? No. <laughs> okay, I just had a, a head ass. No. What was okay. your go-to outfit that, that you and your friends would wear? Okay, so the one thing that I can think of off the top of my head would probably be BB shirts. Do you oh, know yeah. that store? Well, it still exists, obviously, but... Yeah. <laughs> All we could afford at the time were the baby tees yeah. that said BB in the front. So in the like jewels. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, that, those were the fancy ones. Oh, I yeah. don't know if I have any of those. I bet Jennifer growing up was one of those kids who wore jelly sandals, the things that we could not rock. Did you have jelly sandals growing up? I think I did jelly have rolls. A pair. They're called like jelly one, rolls, right? Yeah, yeah, I think I may have had a pair when they came back uh, middle school. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What else? What else about glamour shots? Um, so you always match. Yeah, you always have to match. You have to have your poses down. <laughs> so the, the place wouldn't pose you. They like, do, but you also have to know. Otherwise, they could potentially pose you in like weird, funny ways. You know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, and then you have to have the look like if you're gonna both or if all, if you're all gonna smile or if you're all gonna mad dog the camera. <laughs> oh God, mad dog. Dude, Jennifer's like the bomb at that. Why do you think Nini has that nickname for her, dude? Is that what she... Are we allowed to say that nickname on air? Chola. Yeah. Chola. She's like Um, the first person I knew. Jen Chola Lee. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. Bringing honor to the Lee Yip name. So did did you like more often smile or more often mad dog? (laughs) <laughs> There's nothing in between. There's not like be like vulnerable. No. <laughs> you don't be vulnerable when you're no. Asian. No. Jeez. Um, I think half and half. Yeah. Cause you know it's a time when you're like, well, I thought I was so cool. So it's like you half the time so cool. it's like, oh, I want to smile and look cute, uh-huh. and then the other half half of the time it's like, let me show you how cool I am. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think slash gangster, but really not. <laughs> The other person who was really good at them, I just want to say, and just a shout out to her, Angela Chen. Mm. I think she had a really good mad dog face. I don't remember. She was scary. <laughs> just kidding. We're cool, right? We're cool, Angela. Oh. We're going to cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. We're no longer facing friends. 
dodged that one. <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, in today's uh, topic of, of fights, like, what's your experience, like, physical or verbal? Hmm. I cannot say that I've ever been in a physical altercation. Mm-hmm. Um, Disappointed. Yeah, I Not know. even, like, a professional wrestling match just once? No. I <laughs> Not even just one professional wrestling match. You have, like, a brother, though. Sorry, I know. <laughs> in Tussle. I know. I, it, it's like the whole repressed, you know, thing where you... You fight in other ways. <laughs> I grew up going to taekwondo classes, <gasps> so I always thought I was like pretty tough. Badass, How far did you go? I got up to like blue stripe, so I was only like four or so levels from black. Wow, I know four four levels definitely higher than April and I put together. <laughs> Zero levels. Yellow. <laughs> really? I don't even know. You did taekwondo. I didn't do taekwondo. Oh, it's probably karate? like karate. But it was probably not even called karate. It was probably called self-defense. <laughs> Jeez. Anyways, yeah. So. Yeah, so I grew up taking taekwondo classes because my dad wanted us to. And he was a former Marine in Korea. And he did all that stuff. Um, and But really, I was like always the good girl. And I never like got into fights or anything like that. But as I got older, I became kind of known as like, like the tough one. That like... Of your family or um, your friends? I guess friends. Like, like people would know not to mess with me, even though I'm small in stature. <laughs> Whoa. So, Wait, what does that mean, though? Like, like people would be like, oh, don't mess with that girl. Like, was uh, this high school or, like, what happened? Like, people would know I have, like, anger inside, <laughs> I guess. I didn't know that. I, You're always so I nice don't to know. me. Well, we had a nice, that's pleasant That's usually how I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably good that you don't know that. <laughs> um, okay, so one time I'm thinking about a time. It may have been college. We drove out to L- downtown L.A. to the fashion district to go shopping because I knew, like, you can get good deals out there. And... Somebody drove by while people were trying to cross. And so I was really angry because I was like, there's pedestrians crossing, a.k.a. me and my friends. So mm-hmm. what the hell? So Lives I, like, were at stake. Yeah. So people were... So my friends didn't think much of it and just kind of walked on by. But I, like, hit the car on, as, as it passed oh. by. And they were like, Jennifer, like, what are you doing? I'm like, they shouldn't have done that. And I was, I, I don't know, it was like anger and I don't know. And even thinking about it now, I'm like, why did I do that? Like, what? I thought it was so cool. Like, so they just kept on driving. Like, you, yeah, you yeah, like... they just left, and it was just like me trying to show off. I you guess have, like, I don't you know. have like road rage, but you don't even have to be in yeah, a car. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what it is. I definitely, I will admit to having road rage. I have, I have really bad road rage. I mean, I guess it's all relative. Someone should raise their hand who does not have road rage. So, like, my boyfriend does not have. He has a little <sighs> bit of road rage, but. Not really. I, I've only experienced like a couple friends where their road rage is actually like, whoa, calm down, Scared man. You. Yeah. But mo- for most of them, it's just like, hmm. Yeah, we're See, all I try at not cars. to be that way when other people are around. That's like, uh, like me too. Yeah. If it's just me, it's really shameful. Yeah. Like how pissed I get. <laughs> like, yeah. Like recently I was thinking, like, man, I wish that I just kept a dozen eggs in my car (laughs) so I could just launch one at whoever's being a jerk that day you know like and sometimes like sometimes oh it's so bad okay like my commute to work is at least before it was pretty short um but now it's a little longer but even with only a 10 to 15 minute commute like 
it's as if like I needed to have road rage or something. <laughs> like I would just pick the first person who did something like that I didn't like and just terrorize them <laughs> for like twelve what do you mean, miles. Terrorize them. Um, like you know everything that a person does, like uh, tail. What is it, the word? Tailgate. Tailgate. Or, like, speed up and then cut them off and then slow down. Or, like, run them off the freeway. (laughs) Run them off the freeway? (laughs) Like, you know, like, someone's trying to, like, merge into your lane. Do you have spikes on your car? But then you don't want to. So then you just keep on edging them toward the edge and then they have to exit the freeway. (laughs) Look at Vanessa's face. She is aghast. I just... I'm not sure whether to be proud or, like, (laughs) congratulate you. Mostly scared, though, yeah. It's really bad, though. Like, I I know that's something I need to work on. Like, it doesn't... What about you, Jen? (laughs) You quickly turn to the guest. What do you do? (laughs) Yeah, I am pretty bad on the... I mean, I'm a person that likes to think, like, I I don't cuss. I, like, follow the rules. But when I'm in the car by myself, it's a different story, like... I will cuss at you and I will <laughs> say ugly, nasty things. And They probably yeah. deserved it though, right? Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. But, but I'm like you, April, where I don't do it if other people are in the car. I may, yeah. I might say like smaller, like not so scary <laughs> yeah. things, but yeah, when I'm in the car by myself, I'm so angry. And then I catch myself and I'm thinking like, okay, really, was it really that bad that I needed to use the F-bomb, like, five yeah. times <laughs> for a person who never cusses? Right. Um, Flipping an internal table. Yeah. yeah. That's, I guess that's what it is. Do you think you've been, like, would you say you're a temperamental person? Like, your emotions change really quickly? Um, not particularly. I don't think so. I think that, I think, I do feel like it's, like, the whole Asian thing in me, like, you don't get into fights. You don't, like, go out there and pick fights with other people. But, but yeah, it's, like, the one safe place, like, in my car where yeah. I know I can say what I want to and no one's going to come at me. And yeah. I don't have to actually physically fight anybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, Until you do. Yeah. Well, that's never happened before. <laughs> <laughs> We're knocking on wood over here. Wow. So, um... Wait, can we can we go back to this like don't mess with you persona because like that's like that's kind of I don't know I think that would be really useful to have as like maybe it makes you not as approachable <laughs> but then you know I think there's a lot of times where like um, you know like people can get like bullied in high school or you know this or that like I don't think I ex- ever experienced like overt you know cases of racism but definitely you know there's times where people like think that they can mess with you you know so were you like the protector of your friends or something yeah I guess so I mean I kind of got the nickname of being like a mom um, through high school but especially college but I mean I guess that doesn't really coincide necessarily with the don't mess with me but um you're like the mother hen yeah kind of yeah but as I got older and I guess became more confident in myself I've felt a lot more like okay I might be small but don't don't try to screw me over um so I mean it kind of has even become a joke at work too like someone will try to say something jokingly and will maybe try to get in, get under my skin or something like that. And, and I'll just kind of give them a glare and be like, don't you dare. <laughs> oh, shut down. Yeah. And, and then they're like, ooh, like she's, she can be scary. What do you <laughs> and think it's surprising. That, what do you think that is? Do you think that that's, because I think like on one hand, like that's really good because you're like setting boundaries and setting limits and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But 
I don't know, like, because sometimes I think that I'm too sensitive. Like, I just get rubbed the wrong way, like, probably too often, you know? And so I'm like, do I need to just, like, re-examine that and, like, what else is going on in my life that it's kind of, like, making me be, like, overly emotional or something? Not overly emotional, but just too sensitive, I guess I would say. Take offense too easily? Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, it's like I have to fight. I don't Mm. know. To get back to our topic, like, Mm. (laughs) I have to fight, like, when the opportunity presents itself, it's hard for me to, like, not get into, like, a, like, a verbal fight or something like Mm -hmm. that. Not with, like, a stranger, like, I don't, but, like, you know, case in point, like, with my boyfriend or something like that, like, oh, God, this is so embarrassing. Where it was, like, he was, it was the end of the day, he gave me a call after work, because we were meeting up, and then, um... And then he kind of was just asking how my day was going. And then, and then I said, I said, uh, oh, I'm just picking up peanut from doggy daycare. And he was like, oh, another $30 down the drain. Whoa. And then I was like, <laughs> what? And this is like after he told me about how he had such a great day and da, 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 da. And I was like, what? He was like, I just meant that it costs $30 to take. I'm like, that's not what you said. What you said was that I wasted my money and da da da. I'm like, do you even know what that like expression means? And da 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 da. You know, like we fought. Like, I kind of brought it up to that level, like within like two seconds, you know. And he was like, Do we have to do? You know, like he's like, <laughs> We're gonna see each other like in 20 minutes. Like, can we just talk about? It? You know. And I'm like, But like, it was hard for me to stop myself, mm-hmm. you know. So like, I I feel that I kind of get like I don't know. I just. And then it makes me like when situations like that happen more and more frequently, I'm like, okay, something's going on. I have to like stop and then like see like why I'm so sensitive, you know. But that's good because you have that like inner dialogue that says, okay, wait, something's going on. Like, why am I reacting like this? Right. Oftentimes for me, it happens after. (laughs) (laughs) Like the idea of like, you know, road rage and just like afterwards, you're like, why did I react that way? And like recently someone asked me like, oh, well, when do you get angry? And I think like it happens when there's like a boundary crossed, you know, Uh like somebody's like, you know, attacks the boundaries. And then I get it. I build it up in my head as something like that's a big deal because like it may I think it builds and builds and builds. And finally, you're just like, let's, you know, that that was a physical snap, by the way, (laughs) not my psyche snapping, (laughs) you know, like. (laughs) Just like, boom. We have to stop the podcast. Turn on the podcast. <laughs> and this is just had an aneurysm. Yeah. Oh, so strong. After I flipped the table <laughs> both ways. Um, but yeah, like this idea of um, of uh, not asserting myself more quickly yeah. actually becomes um, this, maybe this root of, you know, when I overreact or when I think I overreact. Because mm-hmm. like I've flipped out on a set before and I thought I was flipping out. But then when I apologized to my crew, they were like, oh, that was you angry. I was like, <laughs> but in my head, it was so big. It was like <laughs> such a big deal. Like I was just like, was like flipping tables. Yeah, in my head, it was flipping tables. But in, I think outwardly, I was just like, it was a cafeteria full of flip tables. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be my ideal situation. <laughs> yeah. oh or, or like libraries where like it's like stacks of books. Sorry, libraries. Oh. <laughs> Everybody's abusing books. Jeez. <laughs> But like, but like, I, I, I like, I think what I did was I just spoke very firmly and was like, don't touch that. I'm taking care of it. And that was probably how it outwardly was. But in my mind, I was like, don't you 
you know, string of curse words and like, cause you know, that's mine, mm-hmm. you know? And so in your head, the thing is bigger than what it actually appears to be. there is there does have something to do with this like you keep saying that's the asian part of me and i think there's a a a real sense of like not wanting to be confrontational like that's Mm -hmm. that's a huge issue but i think more and more now i'm i'm actually i would say i'm an angrier person i'm like a righteously indignate indignant indignation person You're right. Righteously Change indignant. the word. <laughs> Indignation. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, I, I mean, there's a lot of things in this world that can make us really angry, and like, I don't. I'm more likely to speak up about them, which uh-huh. I'm proud of. Uh-huh. But I also think that there's, you know, you have to choose. I talk a lot about it um, with um, actually like my African American friends. It's uh-huh. like, when do you choose to educate people? And not just be angry. Mm-hmm. Remember, I think, and we've talked about this on the podcast last time, but like I got into, like I raised my voice to this guy who was saying, oh, Oriental is not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Saying, and it was a Chinese guy. And we we're talking about whether or not saying the word Oriental was a big deal. And to him <laughs> it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And then it, I, I realized now, you know, why I was angry, not because his viewpoint was wrong, which I still objectively think it's wrong, mm-hmm. but because he had dismissed me. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, you just have a liberal arts education, mm-hmm. and that's why you think that way. Mm-hmm. And by minimizing mm-hmm. my actual opinion, because I came from like some kind of, in his mind, leftist, like Marxist right. kind of like, <laughs> like viewpoint, then it was suddenly like, oh, well, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. Yeah, so that's where I just flipped out in my head and you know i'm like raising my voice at church like <laughs> that's why it was crazy because uh, i think someone came over and was like what's happening <laughs> like, anyways that was me flipping out but i, I don't know what do you, what do you think jen like when's the last time you think like you confronted somebody in anger maybe that would be probably gosh either i haven't done that recently or the truth probably is that I repress that. <laughs> um, and, and the more I hear you both talking about it, the more I think like, gosh, like the more I think the whole Asian culture thing is like such a big part of why we deal with anger the way we do. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think that we don't express our anger within our families. And so then on the outside, when we grow up, and become like adults so you know then that's when we decide like yeah i have every right to be angry at you or to flip tables or to like curse people out on the road or whatever the case might be because because i'm thinking about situations even in my own family where i've had the right to be angry and i expressed it in the small way that you do when you're in an Asian American yeah, family just like silently, that. Yeah. <laughs> Passive aggressively. Uh, yeah. Or do you just get really quiet? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, I guess, yeah, you kind of avoid and, you know, you get quiet. Um, I can only think of like one or two instances where I've actually like got into a fight with my parents. But, but yeah, I think about those situations and I'm like, well, 
if I had been able to express my anger more when I was younger, I wonder if I wouldn't be like the tough, like little Asian girl that thinks she's a badass or something like that now. (laughs) I don't know. Interesting. Do you mind, um, you don't have to go into the specifics of what the argument were, but how far (laughs) did it have to get pushed for you to actually have that confrontation with them? Yeah, um, I can think of one specific incident, and it was with my dad. um, And a lot of my arguments as I was in high school was, were about my stepmom. We didn't have a very good relationship, and um, actually, no, this was probably in college. My car broke down, and I decided, like, I need to get a new car. Like, I had no option. I was already working, and so I thought, I'm going to save up money, and I'm going to, like, sell my car, and, and I'll be able to have a down payment, and all this stuff. Actually, this was after college. <laughs> um, so I guess my voice, I started getting my voice as I got older. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I was saving up my money, and then had this conversation with my dad and I explained to him, okay, look, my car is breaking down and I like can't wait any longer. I think I really need to like get a new car soon. Uh-huh. And, and I think a lot of issues with age with, well, with my family, I'll speak for myself, um, stemmed from like money issues. And so anyway, long story short, I asked him to borrow a, like a couple thousand dollars, I think. And I said, I will pay you back. I do not want the money from you. Um, and that goes deeper into like the issues that I had with my stepmom and whatnot. But I pulled him aside and I wanted to have this conversation just one-on-one with him. And Mm -hmm. I told him, I want to pay you back. I promise I will pay you back. I just, I can't like, Like I can't get it. Yeah. I can't Mm -hmm. do anything else at this point. Mm -hmm. So he was actually, it sounded like he was actually going to say yes. And like he was on board with it. And then then my stepmom walked in and she only heard the part about me borrowing money. Uh And or asking for money, I should say. And so she flipped out on me saying, that's all you want. That's all you care about is that's the only reason you come and you talk to your dad is when you need money, Mm -hmm. which clearly was not the case and made me super angry that she would even like accuse me just mid conversation like that. So I got really upset and I pulled my dad aside and I told it or actually I I raised my voice at her at that moment, Uh which was the first time I had ever done anything like that. And I said, you don't even know what you're talking about. You just walked in in the middle of a conversation. Like, you have no idea. And I just kind of blew up and I walked out. So I think from what I recall, I didn't end up borrowing any money. And I just did it on my own. And I said, screw you guys. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was, I think, like the first time I remember, like, actually getting, like, angry, like really angry, like heated to a point. Angry. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where I was raising my voice at my stepmom, which is like, a no-no in the Asian culture to raise your voice at any adult, really, right? Right. So, yeah. Wow. It, it kind of had betrayed, like, your sense <clears throat> of self, too, because you knew you were good for it. Totally. But she was kind of like, I don't, weird word, but besmirching that, you know? Right. Like, just like, <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of, wow. When you get angry with uh, your parents or, you know, like, whoever, like, within your family, do you... Do you speak to them in English or do you speak to them in Korean? Um, with them, it's more in Korean. I would say it's probably like half Korean, half English. Um, but yeah, it's with my parents, I would say it's in Korean. Yeah, it really has mainly just been like with parents. 
do you can you fully uh express do you feel like you can fully express yourself when you're speaking to them in korean no that's why i say it was like half and half um, so um so i think what we're learning is that like growing up at least for the three of us but i also think like I think it is okay to say for a lot of Asian Americans that we just hadn't grown up with like healthy ways to express emotion or anger, mm. like particularly like anger. Um, like, do you, do you guys feel like you have that now? Like as adults? Wait, this is where we pause the podcast, right? To think about it. <laughs> I mean, I can go. I, I think that I'm still learning it. Like, it's such a process. Because um, first, first we, like, once you're angry, then you have to realize that you are angry. And then for me, it's always taking a step back and going, why am I so angry right now? Uh-huh. And, and, and either you react or you... Or you take a step back and it's always a struggle about knowing when to do those things mm-hmm. um like one one useful thing was like one time i got angry at somebody um within my program mm-hmm. because he had said something very sexist and so like i called him out on it mm-hmm. but then what i did was like when i wrote out the email i you know showed it to a friend and she's like okay here's how you can pull back mm-hmm. but still be like reasonable i mean and the whole thing about even the fact that like women aren't seen as reasonable like kind of makes me mad mm-hmm. but then like you know um approaching it that way just gives you more weight it's not like you know you're flipping out and you're being emotional about something mm-hmm. i don't know i think i think i place a lot of stock in that mm-hmm. but at the same time like <clears throat> I think it's it's good when if you get into a fight with someone when both parties can be on the same page about like well what's what's really happening here is it really this event that's making you angry or mm-hmm. you know is it something else deeper or like what is the issue and that's probably the healthiest way to approach something but a lot mm-hmm. of times we don't have those opportunities mm-hmm. like when we just we just and you know sometimes we don't like when we fight with someone we're not we don't really want to fight with that person mm-hmm. you know you know, it's because of something else. Like I've, I've definitely gotten mad, you know, at my parents for something, but it was probably because I was mad about something else. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just, they had happened to be the next trigger, (laughs) you know, or like they treated me like a child, (laughs) you know? And then like, and then after that, I was like, yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. Like a, like a monster, (laughs) 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 but like the cookie monster, I guess. (laughs) What about, what about for the both of you? Um, I think that I've kind of gone like the other extreme because so I have an educational counseling background and I think like through that and through just like what I feel like has been my passion to like help people and to like um, even to change my own trajectory and like not follow the path of what my parents what happened with my parents and like the divorce and all that stuff I feel Mm like I've kind of went like I've kind of gone like the opposite way where it's like, no, I'm going to totally be a healthy arguer and a (laughs) healthy fighter. And, and this is not to say that I'm perfect by any means, but I think that now I've become a lot more like level headed in the sense that like, okay, like, is it really worth getting into an argument about? And is it, yeah, is it really worth it? I think that's like the big question for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I guess it also helps that my husband is so laid back that like I've almost kind of like like kind of taken on some of those characteristics, which mm-hmm. is good because I can totally be like the feisty, like 
Korean fighter, and then he's like <laughs> super chill, like why are you getting so pissed off at that stupid thing or whatever. Yeah. And so over the years, I've I've mellowed out a little bit, I would say. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a little bit to do with like how I grew up and how I don't want to be like ABC from my past, but also like the people I've met and like my education and what has brought me to like who I am and what I what I do today that has kind of allowed me to like grow from like previous uh-huh. ideas of what fighting is and versus like healthy fighting like you're saying uh-huh. wait what is what is healthy fighting <laughs> educate us well I think like you said it I mean I think it's um stepping back and having like having that dialogue even just to say like okay what is this really about am I really pissed off at this person because they took the last like donut or is it really something deeper than that? No, you know, it's and I'm obviously I'm, I'm making light of it. I think this. we would all agree that it would be the last donut. <laughs> yeah, like that mofo took the last donut. So obviously, I'm making light of this, but um, yeah, I think it's just taking a step back and really like re- like taking just even like a split second to evaluate and say like, why am I getting so pissed off about this? Like, is this really like a legitimate reason, like a legitimate thing that I should be getting upset about? Um, and then kind of moving forward from there instead of just reacting. Because mm. um, I think that's where it can be dangerous if you just snap and react. And then later you're like, shoot, why did I get so upset about that? You know, mm-hmm. which I still do. You talked about like moving forward and what that means. And I'm curious because <laughs> like I think what happens, at least in my brain, is like take a step back and then like let it go. But then it becomes a moment of not asserting myself or a moment of passive aggression where you're just kind of like, ugh, whatever, you know, like it becomes bitterness, mm-hmm. becomes sarcasm. It becomes, it becomes something else. Mm-hmm. It gets turned in. The anger becomes resentment or like, you know, cause I think that's, that's maybe all of our, not all of our reactions. It's like, if you grew up in a house where you're not allowed to express your emotions a lot and it's not like you're not allowed, but people just don't, do it in ways that are very expressive then like you you take a step back and then it goes down a different path do you know what i'm saying so i feel like there's like you take a step back and then the two different paths branch out and i'm wondering like what road do you take yeah which road do you take <laughs> which one's the healthy one the one where you say you know where where you're able to make a decision about if it's worth it or um because i think that's what happens with me it's like i'll say okay, that's not worth it for me to get angry over this, you know? So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll put it aside, but I think it gets put on a shelf to get taken, b- mm. taken back off the shelf later. And to- I think that if you're going to forget about something, then you're going to, f- then you should forget about it. You know mm. what I mean? Like instead of harboring resentment and using that as evidence later to be angry again, like if it's a, a recurring thing, then just try to nip it in the bud because if you're going to forget about it, quote, forget about it, you're not actually going to, you're not actually forgetting about it. Mm-hmm. You're just sort of keeping it for later, you know? Right, right, right. Um, so that, does that Yeah, and I think that is, that's the hard part is like, am I really going to be able to let this go later? Or is this just going to go on that shelf like you're, like you're talking about, you know? Like, am I going to pull this out later as like ammo because like he or she did one more thing and I'm going to pull this out then to like show how angry I am. Cause I, I do see like, um, like Asians are like, Oh, well we should be more reserved, you know, which I think is good. Like not to be reactive. But then the other thing is like you, 
you are reserved and you you hold back that emotion but then what happens when you how do you go from holding back that emotion and then channeling it somewhere else or like shelving to bring back in a passive aggressive way because i think you know anger can like i said was saying it turns into something else or Mm -hmm. you know so so yeah Hmm. if you have any thoughts about what's a good way to use that anger um, productively or to express it more that's a really hard question um yeah i think that when you are unable to let things go and you know that it's going to be on that shelf that you're going to pull things off of um that's when you know it's it's a bigger deal and warranted or not it may be worth a conversation Mm. um and i and i think that's where it it can get tricky like I think that's where, for me, I can have those conversations where it starts off like, okay, this might sound completely ridiculous, but this is still bothering me, and mm. here's here's what I feel, and here's what I think. Um, like I said, it might be s- super silly to you, but it's still bothering me, and I want to talk about it. And I think that's a healthier alternative to... An, a healthier way to bring things up that you have kept on the shelf um, rather than like you know using it to like stab that person back when you get really <laughs> pissed off yeah <laughs> do you feel like you can do that with most friends and family or is that only with very specific people I feel like it's probably more with um, the people that you're closest with mm. or for me at least I feel like if it's not someone that I'm really close with maybe it's that I don't feel like it's worth that extra conversation I don't know um I can't say that I've explored that so much but yeah I can see that being a little bit easier for me to bring up with like my husband or like you know like a even my brother um or like other close friends to say like okay this sounds super dumb but I just want to tell you like this is still bothering me well you mentioned off air that you had recently had a similar conversation or along those lines with your husband because you're pregnant I am <laughs> indeed she is what? and you're rocking the, the maxi <laughs> very fashionably yes thank you. <laughs> I love it when pregnant women wear the maxi it's very comfortable <laughs> it is very comfortable <laughs> okay I'm gonna not pretend ignorance and or what maxi dress is when they're all the way to like the ground long dress. Oh. it's like mini midi maxi <gasps> <laughs> you learned something today. Well, That's you do where never wear comes from like dresses. dresses yeah, so. <laughs> it's too free. I'd rather be restricted. Oh, <laughs> the better to wrestle with. Anyways, um, so oh, what? I just doing? imagine you like an alligator, like like emerging and then flipping. What? You know, alligators they like do that. Like twirling. <laughs> what? That's what I imagine you doing. <laughs> um, Yesterday you're the Tasmanian devil, and that today you're an alligator. Yep. Anyway, that, I'm sorry, Jennifer. Those <laughs> elbows. <laughs> yeah. So, what was that conversation that you guys had? Um. Oh, about like not being excited about the pregnancy. So, when we first found out, um, you know, it took us both a couple few days to even like a couple weeks 
especially for me, I guess I could say, for me to get really excited about it. I mean, I was excited in the beginning, but like things don't start to hit you until you like just really wrap your mind around like there's going to be a little human inside of me, mm-hmm. like or there is a human inside of me mm-hmm. growing. And so um, I became excited, as I think most girls do. And with my husband, he was a lot more um, reserved about his emotions or maybe just didn't express them. And and I think I know guys don't express their emotions as much as women do, but I was kind of disappointed and kind of sad, actually, that he wasn't as excited as I was. And so when people would ask, like, oh, you guys must be so excited. And I'm like, yeah, I'm excited. And when they would ask, like, how is Don? And I'm like, yeah, he's excited, too. But it was like, well, I don't know if he really is or not. <laughs> so it made me really sad um, because it's our first and... Uh-huh. You know, you would expect this time to be super duper exciting. Um, But and so we've had a couple conversations and finally, like it ended up becoming like a conversation, an argument, whatever you want to call it, where I was like, I'm really sad and I'm really bummed that you're not more excited about this. And and I don't understand, like it's super exciting. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But and so he just had to explain to me, like, well, I'm just not there yet. Like, I, you know, I don't. I don't feel what you're feeling and I don't know like you know and Wait, he's not also carrying the child <laughs> he's not carrying the child oh. um, and but what brought me comfort for this situation specifically for us was that he told me like well you know I, I talked to other guys about it at church and they were saying like how they didn't feel it until like a little bit later too and so for me that was like almost enough to mm-hmm. say like okay he's actually talking about it at least right. like I guess he's, you know, it's something's there, even if it's not excitement necessarily. Maybe it's like nervousness or maybe it's just like, what do I feel? Right. Yeah. Um, You know, the fact that he went and talked to other people about it made me feel like better to know that, like, it's not just like something that he's ignoring. Right. Um, So anyway, so we got into this, that whole conversation and I was like, okay, like, that's helpful to know. And, you know, it's not that he's not excited. It's just he's a guy and guys don't experience everything that the woman is experiencing, obviously. So, um, yeah. So just having that conversation helped me to realize like, okay, like he doesn't hate this child or anything. <laughs> he's like glaring at yeah. your stomach. <laughs> you stole from everything. <laughs> yeah. No, it's nothing like that. So, yeah. Well, um, I just have two quick questions with that one. Um, you know, did, did Don have like a similar upbringing in terms of like things being maybe more silent and less expressive in his household? And then also to like for your relationship, do you think that um, did it did it was it always this way? Were you guys always able to talk so like uh, directly or frankly about those things or or was it like a real process? Um, he is also Asian-American, so he I would definitely say he grew up in a very similar kind of environment where you don't question your parents you don't talk back um you don't really like express yourselves I don't even know if I've ever heard him say I love you to like his you know other people in his family you know Hmm. so very common things that I think we've a lot of us have gone through and experienced as an Asian American family um so he's had similar upbringing I think that and and obviously the main difference being like I'm a woman he's a man like he doesn't express himself as much 
um, we've had to have conversations along the way. We dated for a very long time, and now we've been married for four and a half years. So we've been together for a total of 11 years now. Wow. So it's taken time for us to get to where we're at now, obviously. But I would say his really mellow nature has rubbed off onto me, like I said earlier. And so I think that's helped a whole lot in like the way that we argue when we do argue. And I always said like, yeah, we never really argue and people think I'm like crazy, but I don't know if it's that like his attitude has kind of like just rubbed off onto me and I've been able to kind of like not take things so seriously, which I, I, you know, I guess you can kind of sometimes see it as like, well, did you lose yourself in that? But I don't think that I did because I think that like it was like the like the better part of him that like kind of rubbed off onto me, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, I think, does that answer your first question? I don't know. Yeah. Second question was that, that answered both questions. I think two and one. Yeah. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Through that stone. (laughs) Seriously. That's how I roll. So the immigrants, kids have a lot of obligation, guilt and responsibility to um, please their parents. Not necessarily to have good communication with their parents, not necessarily to um, have a good relationship with their parents, but just not to disappoint the parents. Hi everyone, this is Vanessa. You just heard an excerpt from my doc, The Laundromat, a personal exploration of the silence and shame in Asian American culture. If you'd like to contribute your story or learn more about the doc, visit atthelaundromat.com. That's A-T-T-H-E laundromat with an O dot com. Or visit our Facebook page for the Laundromat documentary. Thanks. You said, I don't think take things as seriously. But is it is it a matter of taking things so seriously or so personally? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like... I guess it's a little bit of both. It depends on the situation, depends on like the conversation, but um, I definitely try not to let things bother me as much as I would have, I think, in the past or maybe without him. Um, and yeah, even just in general, I think that like, like in the grand scheme of things, like, is it really a huge deal that this person cut me off on the freeway? Mm-hmm. And when oh, I'm in the car I was with say him, yes. <laughs> Right. Well, yeah, like I said, when I'm in the car by myself, it's maybe a different story. But when I'm in the car with him, I definitely don't feel the urge to like shout obscenities or (laughs) anything like that. Um, And I think it's just a matter of like, yeah, like, okay, it's really not that big of a deal. We're not in a rush. And even if we are like, what's one car going to do? Like, that's kind of his attitude and his mentality. And so I try to think of things like that (laughs) um, so that I don't become so angry because I I have become angry with him in the car too and he like definitely looks at me like whoa like what's your deal you know (laughs) so just kind of being careful and like yeah like thinking about like what what the grand scheme like the bigger picture is you know I guess the reason I bring it up is because it's probably has to do with both like how serious an offense and is it something you take personally? Because I think that for me, like, that's something that's a big deal with me is like, I, th- I tend to personalize things, whether it's criticism or, you know, but also definitely what feels like an offense, you know, um, which well, is why. Oh, uh-huh. God. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, even the righteously indignant stuff where I feel like I can get angry, like, 
it's easier for me to personalize it and mm-hmm. then like and then lash out you know right. like i find myself defending a lot of different things more and more vocally you know but um and being braver about those things but then political stuff yeah political things Social or cultural things. things or you know like or for my friends like it's so much easier to stand up for your friends or your family than it is to, for you to stand up for yourself and right. and but you know you make that thing your own your own struggle and then and then you can express yourself you know mm-hmm. but yeah so i guess i don't know what, what were you gonna say though Oh, no. Oh, no. I should not have continued on that thought. Yeah, no, I think, um, I mean, yeah, healthy healthy ways to fight. I mean, I I think Jennifer is a very, I mean, we're, none of us is perfect, but I think Jennifer is like, and I really love talking to Jennifer. Like, she's very, like, she's worked through things in a very, like, understandable and relatable way that, like, for me, like, I aspire to sort of reach, you know, like, just kind of, like, being happy, and you, like, so, like, you know, just also knowing, like, your life and stuff, like, you just come to such a wonderful place and have, like, such a great life, and not that it's perfect or anything, but, you know, you take things with stride, and, um, you're gonna say something? Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, I'm also getting to that place of admiring you. I think it's just because I should talk to you more about those things. And so, like, I mean, I think that I, I'm also in, you know, I'm trying to get to a place like that, too. And I know that it really all has to do with me and the way that I decide to look at things, you mm-hmm. know. And um, I know that, like, arguments that I get into and things I decide to take personally, like, I feel that sometimes it's more of a reflection of just where I am than the actual thing that's happening. And, like... I have to sort of take a step back and be like, what are, what else is going on in my life? What are the bigger things mm-hmm. that I need to fix that are af- affecting my mood on a day-to-day basis, you know? Because otherwise it's kind of like walking down the street and like having an attitude and not realizing that you have an attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know, and it's like, what is the thing that's forcing, that's giving you an attitude and like addressing that? And so, like, I, I have, I'm trying to step back and look at the bigger picture. What in my life, like, big things, things that affect my everyday, you know, if there are things I'm not happy with, then, you know, it's time, time as a 30 year, 31 year old to address these things and try to improve my life so that I'm not walking down the street with a chip on my shoulder, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and wanting to pick a fight, like, with every tiny little thing. Like, did I need to get into that fight with my boyfriend about, um, doggy daycare <laughs> so stupid when you say it when I say it but like I mean I, I think that it could be a discussion didn't didn't need to necessarily be taken into the realm of me like yelling at him you know mm-hmm. and um so yeah that's where I, I'm, I'm kind of am right now and, and he's really supportive and really really good ideally how would you would have wanted to handle that instead of fighting about it I think I, in specifically in that situation, well, we were talking on the phone and so I should have probably just waited until we saw each other. Mm. You know, he had been telling me a story about how he had a really great day at work and I just kind of like, you know, crumpled it up and stepped on it, you know, <laughs> stomped my feet on it. And I, I wish that I had not reacted like we were talking about, like reacted in that moment when I could have just like, you know, 
whatever we could have talked about whatever you need to talk about and then you know on the whatever 30 minute ride home just thought about it more you know and really weighed like is this important like I mean I don't think that he was faultless and I don't think that I was like 100% overreacting I think I was like 90% overreacting like you know I'd say only 60% Sixty percent. I mean, he, you know, he, he. I think he tends to sort of like say things in certain ways that I think that he doesn't mean to say. Um, like, you know, he doesn't mean to um, to imply that like this was bad or that was bad. So, you know, we've only been dating for like six months now, so it, it's a process of feeling each other out mm-hmm. and just getting to know each other and you know being sensitive toward one another and stuff. And so, like, I think in the beginning, I like super overreact but now like I try not to and then I also think like you know this is just something that we're working on and it'll be okay you know like like what is really important you know is there and so like these small personality quirks you know like you know it's a learning process and getting to know each other and stuff so and not to make you keep like harping on this one situation but do you think if you had let it alone then though would it have built up in your mind as you were you know um driving home so that when well you were it did to- i mean it already it did <laughs> like even having that fight it's still mm. built up in my mind and like we're talking about the shelf of like wrongs other people like <laughs> here's the boyfriend shelf and here are the things that he's wronged me with you know or all the ways that he's wronged me and i was all t- taking him down and like <laughs> yelling at him in my head and like and then he did this and then he did this and then like by the time i got home i'm like they're you know it's really not that big a deal. Like, and I'm glad I didn't say any of those things, you know, because mm-hmm. those are things mm-hmm. that I had said before that I would let go, you know? And so if I'm to, you know, stand by my word, then I, sh- I can't be bringing those things up, you know, like I have to accept and like, you know, it's all a work in progress, you yeah. know, it's all yeah. little baby steps, you know, and, sure. and, and really just, at the end of the day, having respect for, you know, the person that you're with and not wanting to hurt the person that you're with and, Mm. and just being loving, you know? Yeah. They always say that the people that you love the most are like more prone to be able to hurt you or make you angry. Yeah. Cause they're, they're closer to you and they're Mm -hmm. like, they have more access to your heart, you know? Yeah. You're just more invested in like this thing that happens. No, I don't, I don't care about (laughs) anybody. Because it has no feelings for No feelings, other. alligator Human tears beings. and feelings. <laughs> Just alligator flip away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After the people's hello. <laughs> I'm going to just have to YouTube that and show you what that is. I know what it is. No, but there has to be the slap. How could you not forget the slap to the elbow? I never watched any of that stuff. It was, uh, for a while, what me and my cousins did. <laughs> wow. Okay. It was a thing. <laughs> anyway. So how are we with time, Vanessa? We're doing okay. I think uh, we're we're probably, you know, at the end of the hour, but um, do, is it now a good time for the question? Sure. Um, we have a question from a friend of mine, and um, I will ask it if you can fill some... some. <laughs> That's my default, like random song do you have a default <laughs> random song like where you like nope dun, 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 dun. what <laughs> okay. not 
crazy person. <laughs> yeah, she's not. <laughs> nor is she a geek. The other one that I have is like the Mario Brothers song. Like, do 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 do. I love that song. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna bring out the inner geek in you against your will, Jennifer. Okay, you're gonna have to try really hard. I'm I'm not trying hard enough. It's very obvious right now. She's just. Okay, so um, here's a question, um, and this is kind of a serious question, and I saved it for you, Jen, because you, you have oh, your background boy. in counseling, <laughs> but you, you did tell me that it's been a while, so mm-hmm. forgive Jennifer for um, not being up to date with the <laughs> most recent information. Um, but I mean, talking about, you know, it kind of relates to fighting, where like, you know, fighting can can be one of those symptoms of you know abusive relationship if brought to an extreme mm-hmm. you know whether it's physical fighting or uh or verbal. physical abuse or verbal abuse or um neglect i guess i don't know maybe that's not fighting but um here's the question i mean this is a really big question so you know jennifer has background in this she is not an expert on this but um we take what we can get <laughs> What are the signs that someone is in an abusive relationship? And because abusive victims, abuse victims tend to repeat the process that leads to abuse, how does one stop it? And then um, a follow-up question is, I heard a sign is that the abuser tries to isolate the abusee from their support system. And is that true? Um, okay, so I'll start off by saying my background is in educational counseling, so it's a little (laughs) bit different, but we did, you know, there are pieces of that that I have learned over the years, and so it's, it has been a while, but I think that, I mean, A, there are lots, lots of different signs of, um, someone who's in an abusive relationship, um, but I think, gosh... One one thing that comes to mind specifically would be minimizing the issue. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, yeah, I would say someone who's in an abusive relationship would tend to not make a big deal of the abuse, what, whether it's verbal, physical, or whatever the case might be. Um, and, hmm. And, yeah, like, they would put, they wouldn't place the blame on, anyone else. And I think this could be, maybe this might be an obvious answer, but sometimes the person being abused would um, blame themselves and like make it about themselves. Like, well, I I totally shouldn't have done that. And I deserve it. Right. And I deserved it. And I know that sounds like probably a cliche thing, but, but yeah, I think that's a very common one. Um, Especially if you look at like physical abuse, you know, people would say like, oh, I, I shouldn't have done this or oh yeah, I totally bought the wrong kind of milk or whatever, something stupid. But, but yeah, the issue of abuse is serious and, and that is like a very easy cycle to, for someone to like repeat that, that, um, abuse in their lives because they are just minimizing it and they're not seeing that this really is an issue and, um, it's not okay for, for anyone to be abused, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, that's kind of one thing that I can think of off the top of my head. What was the second question? Oh, um, like, I guess like, well, do you know of any ways that someone 
can get help basically like you know either just for themselves or to be sure that they don't repeat the process hmm I think that if there is at least one person that they can trust to open up to and to be able to say like like this is what's happening and even if they are using those like coping mechanisms or whatever to say like like no it's 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 totally my fault like I did this but he did this or whatever um I think that one like sharing it with one person can make the whole difference you know mm-hmm. um I think so often people don't don't talk about these things and so it goes unnoticed and it gets brushed under the rug and other people who aren't keen to those to noticing those cues will just see it as like oh yeah like it was just a little fight or whatever the case might be um but if there's that one person that that person can that the abused that the abusee can mm-hmm. trust then um then that person can like either walk them through like getting out of that situation or even just like like having having that extra shoulder to cry on so to speak so that that person can um just become a little more vulnerable and when you're vulnerable you open up and um the truth can slowly start to seek out seep out and i think that's where like there is room for light to come in mm-hmm. into a dark place like that and when there when light comes in darkness cannot be so i think mm-hmm. like yeah, I think just that one person can make a huge difference. Well, thanks, really Jen. Cool. <laughs> I hope that was not too much pressure for you. No, I, I, <laughs> I don't know if I gave the best answer, but it, it's an answer. <laughs> cool. No, no, I, yeah, I don't think anybody, like, like, even even having an answer doesn't mean there's, like, these simple solutions either, you know? it's Right. Like, you, you talked about having that one person, and even just reaching out, mm-hmm. that one person, it's like... Well, that's sometimes the biggest step, right? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like those cycles are, I mean, we talk about it even like with our own families and having positive cycles and negative cycles and how do you break out of those things? And we have enough trouble as, you know, people who have, you know, like are now like fully productive adults mm-hmm. trying to figure out our own stuff, right. our own cycles of like dealing with emotional repression or, you know, just those various issues. So you add abuse into that mix yeah. and it's like one of the questions was, you know, is one of the signs um, that the abuser tries to cut the abusee out of a support group, like their support system. And I think that is a definite sign. And, um, you know, like everybody needs that kind of lifeline, like what Jen was talking about, that one other person, you know, and uh, not, you know, being cut off from your support group. Like, uh, I think it's funny because Christina talked about this, too, um, and just in relation to dating relationships. And while she was, um, you know, in uh while she was trying to date, she was making the Wong flew over the cuckoo's nest. And she was like, she didn't have a strong support system. And so she was relying on these, you know, this dating kind of thing to help her out. But be- she got into a, like this verbally abusive relationship with this guy. And then she couldn't get out of it because she didn't have support systems outside of um, just this dating thing. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know, like, uh, that's probably, like, just to back up what Jen was saying, just, Mm -hmm. like, having those, 
um, people that you trust outside of, you know, the abusive relationship is important. And that's a main reason why the abuser would cut that off is so that there can be a codependency and that the, yeah. that abusee would come back to the like willingly be a participant in the in the abuse because yeah sometimes that happens right where it's like a cycle yeah and I don't even know if I mean you said willingly participate and I don't even know if it's necessarily that but, right but I think like I mean if you were to even go back a generation so to speak like if if she has seen that in her own family then she doesn't know any better mm-hmm. and whether it's verbal or physical or whatever like she may not know better and she may just think like oh yeah this is this is how it is to be yeah. in a loving relationship because someone sometimes they don't know that they're being abused right yeah right and they just think like oh that's just how so and so is and that's just how things are in this relationship and it looks different from other people's relationships, but that's okay. Like that's, that's how things were back then, like with my mom or mm-hmm. that's how things, you know? So I think like, I mean, I know you, I, I know you didn't mean it necessarily like yeah, that, sorry. but I think. Sorry yeah. to everyone out there. No, <laughs> sorry. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but. <laughs> no, it's um, good to call out those, the language. But I think, yeah, like, yeah, I, I don't think that they're necessarily like in a, in a, some, some may be, some could be in it like willingly, um, but I think overall, like the unhealth is that they don't even realize that they're in that, mm. that unhealth. Mm-hmm. Step one, realization. Yep. <laughs> okay. It's true. All right. Well, let's try to make it a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. We did it. Oh, How would I flip a table in celebration? <laughs> I'll just, just Jennifer and I will just stand back while you go crazy <laughs> yeah. in my living room. Sorry. And people's elbow. I'd feel elbow. really bad if I broke your jigsaw puzzle though. I'd feel really awful. We finished that last night. It's it looks awesome. <laughs> Remember flow. Flow, 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 yes, flow. Yes, exactly. Flow. Don't flip the table. <laughs> Don't flip that table. I'll okay. take the lamp off of that one and then flip it. Because <laughs> it just, seems like minimal damage. There are a lot of tables in here to choose from. <laughs> I'll just flip something unflippable like your counter. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, it's happening right now. Excuse me, everybody. <laughs> While I go flip a counter. <laughs> well, thank you, Jen. Thank you for being a great guest. I knew you would be. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank, thank you for the frozen mints. <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> right. Thanks, everybody. And I could talk about food all day. Too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't you invite me? Everybody wants the food episode. (laughs) Dang it.